How many mics do we? Government, the other day. The highest set of standards. <laughs> so nasty that it's probably somewhat of a. Ole! Kinda dumpy, yeah. Rapper's still at heart, and no one's from the old school. What up, what up? This is the same old new school. I'm one of your hosts, Idris Goodwin. And I'm the other host, Kevin Koval. And you are listening to us on Vocalo Radio, where we do this every single week. We come together, we chop it up about hip-hop, the world, everything in between. You know, Idris, it's good to see you. I've seen you recently because we've been doing a residency at the University of Arkansas, which has been a blast. And we just had our first ever live edition of this podcast, which is very different than what we normally do. It was. And I think we should certainly do them more often because, you know, we talked to a legend. We talked to somebody who was one of these people who was there when it started. Henry Chalfant, the director of the legendary, iconic documentary Style Wars. That was a really thrilling moment getting to talk with him. That was, yeah, that was special, man. And and I just, I liked that whole night. You know, that whole night was great. We had, you know, of course, uh, your colleague, Dr. Rios, who was great. And we had uh, the homie, Sam Kirk. And then we concluded with, you know, someone who we've talked about on the show before, Brittany Carter, which was very cool, too, to get a chance to chop it up with her. So I don't know, who knows? Maybe at some point we'll put out, like, snippets of those conversations. I think I think people would like to hear them, you know. Yeah, I think we're going to do something with that live version. And, and definitely, I think we'll we'll do it again at some point. Because it was fun. It was fun to bring bring others into the mix uh but no but there's we're, we're so tight on time you know and and we're barely scratching the surface of all the great music that has just been hitting us in 2020 so much so that we can't even get to everything every week it's really hard to zero in on which i'm going to talk about which is you know i think a good segue to where i want to start which is i'd like to introduce a segment on the show called the uh, same old late pass same old late pass late pass of course is what you get when you slept, when you slept on something, uh, some sort of album or film or slang or whatever that's been out for months now, you get a late pass. And so um, I just got hip to Blue and Exile's new album, Miles, came out over the summer and I heard good things. And so I finally sat down with it um, and I thought I wanted to, I wanted to talk about it on, on this show because I, th- I think it's... Um, really, really unique. And, you know, I've been hip to Blue in Exile for a minute, but this new one, you know, really seems, feels very well thought out and very worth discussing. Agreed. I have not necessarily thought about them as a, I'll tell you, I'll tell you though, how I think about them. Mm -hmm. I think about them in an era they weren't really even a part of. Oh, interesting. You know, because when I, when I think about them, they feel, and this record, uh, Miles, feels like a this is not a diss. This mm-hmm. is this is a compliment um, mm-hmm. because I love this era and I think this era had a lot of craftspersonship to both the sonics and certainly the writing. But it does feel like a kind of like 90s backpack era kind of record. Oh, yeah. and, and this group, even though they, you know, first appeared as a crew, right? I mean, they were both doing things prior to this, but they really first appeared on that, you know, before the heavens in the beginning before the heavens record in, in, you know, not that long ago, you know? Yeah. I mean, blue was one of these people, one of these, you know, there was a few years back. I remember a lot of people really like vouching for him or co-signing him. Like I remember like Feral, like somebody asked Feral Monch, like who his favorite MC was. He was like blue. I know our homie Adam Mansback, author of uh, Go the F to Sleep, also big fan of blue. And so he was one of these like kind of emerging, you know, new MCs for a minute and then kind of never really 
sort of popped pop, whatever that word, whatever that stupid word means. Um, I think he kind of plateaued sort of in this, you know, independent MC kind of lane and, and kind of stayed there. And that's not, yeah, again, that's not a shot. Well, but, isn't, um, isn't that one of the reasons why you gravitate towards this record? I mean, you, you put me on to the, I deserve a late pass that you got, you know what I mean? But yeah. you put me onto this record. I think, isn't that, that's one of the reasons why I think you really vibe well, with this record. Well, you know, really what it was, Kev, is, um, cause I've heard Blue a lot. I heard him on Roots albums too. He was on the, um, the Roots album. Um, he came out again when he was kind of starting to bubble, like 09, 2010, 2011, something like that. So I've always liked Blue. I've never been like a hardcore fan or anything like that. But Exile, the producer Exile, I actually have been a fan, a bigger fan of. He was like, he produced for like Fashion. And he's produced for like Dag Savage. This is the life that we laid upon. Tality is way beyond. Stuck between the struggle I hit beefing with my baby mom. And I really love Exile's production. It's, it's that sort of like definitely sample, sample heavy kind of in that. DJ Premier kind of thread, but with kind of a distinctive West Coast sort of charm, but with a bounce. His his beats have great bounce. And so I actually got hip to it because I, I think I heard some of the beats from this album. So mm -hmm. that's what drew me to it. But then when I was listening, the reason I wanted to talk about it on this show was I believe the song is... I think it's the song is true and living. Something you call spectacular out of this freaking world. The most common denominator between boy and girl. The highest set of standards that's ever been established. Redistributed to the masses for your satisfaction. And he actually talks about it starts with him talking about his house getting broken into. Mm. And it just hit me like, oh, wow, this is like we're going to hear some working class narratives on here, you know, which I which which we don't hear as much of in hip hop anymore. Like. Yeah, I got off work, or I'm trying to make rent. You know, uh, I, sure, I got more fans than the average man, but not enough loot to last me to the end of the week. I live by the beat, like you live check to check. You know, and so I really appreciated that. I appreciated in this time where everyone's waiting for a stimulus and waiting for unemployment. You know, just for those real working class narratives, man. Like, like even though he's blue and he was on the Roots album and he's, you know, uh, bubbling like. Yo, if he's if his house gets broken into and all his equipment gets stolen, that's that's a blow. <laughs> like you know what I mean? That's 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 a major blow to the bottom line. So that's why just the honesty and the and the relatability, you know, it's just a reminder, man. With hip hop, sometimes like we, we need those reminders that it's this too. It's just like it's the blues too. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. And this this record really delves into the blues, like to you know, and he's he's not only kind of riffing on his name in in some songs here, mm -hmm. right? But but I think he's getting to the psychological effects of being a working class artist on, on this record too. You know, there's the song towards the end of the record, all the blues. There was a man with a horn, born in Illinois. His father was a doctor. His mother a music scholar, but he dropped out the college of music to pursue it. Which I, I think really resonates with me. It's kind of about you know the difficulty of keeping proper mental health when you're a working mm -hmm. person. Um, mm -hmm. You know, because of everything you have to go through, all the struggles you have to go through in order to, you know like feed your child, right? I think that yeah. this record is even named after his son, I think. Mm. Um, but the whole record in some ways is a direct lineage and a very conscientious lineage to, you know, the blues tradition and like the, the laments that come in that form, you know, that, that it's like, it, this is not easy. And mm. I think that is something that 
on this record, you really get in a moment where there is so much attention and, and in the attention economy, you, you kind of want to be perceived in a particular light and not in, you know, not necessarily in this light that he's, he's doing the work, I, I think, of really crafting a narrative for. Yeah, man, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and, and in that way, it's a really, um, it, it has like kind of a, a literary quality to it. It feels like a work of, of two masters. That's really what it feels like. It feels like he's out of the sort of, I mean, I think I've found him to always be a very introspective artist. I think I didn't perhaps, maybe it was the production, maybe it was where I was at, whatever. But I really heard Blue on this one for the first time. I was like, oh, this is, I think, what other people who were maybe hip to him before me were hearing. But it just it just feels very poetic, very well thought out, very honest, very real, very textured, and definitely worthy of the rewind. You know, like, like I think this is an album I'm probably going to sit with for a little minute. So Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, he's also, look, he's, I mean, since he came out, and it's 07 Below the Heavens is the record that I'm thinking of in 07 that he puts out. I mean, you know, he also... We get to hear his growth, which is also very refreshing as a writer, as a thinker, as a man. Mm. Um, and yeah, I agree. I think this this has a ton of rewind effect and and should be listened to, man. I, I think like, you know, we can't just eat junk food, you know what I mean? Exactly. And I, I exactly. think like this is this yeah. is something to to really chew on. You know, there's there's, yeah. there's a ton of sustenance here. Yeah, big facts, man. Shout out Blue and Exile. Great album. And, you know, another, you know, so Blue and Exile coming out of L.A., we got another album from some SoCal hip-hop legends, kind of in the somewhat of the same kind of genre, you might say, you know, sort of the backpack, indie, sample-heavy kind of landscape. We get a, a collaboration from Mad Lib and Kareem Riggins, an incredible uh, percussionist who's, you know, down with, you know, definitely worked a lot with Common. And, In the world of Tennessee and guns, too young for the marches, but I remember these drums. You know, Jay Dilla and that whole, that whole camp. A ton of people, right? He Robert Glasper. Donald yeah. Byrd and yeah, Roy yeah. Hargrove. Esperanza Spalding and... Kanye and but it's blurry enough to get the fake out. I wake up all veggies. K Tronada and ton of people. Also a Detroit dude. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Which, which I knew. Okay. And, yo, and can I tell you his pops, Kareem Riggins pops? Because I, I kind of I want to talk about the record yeah. and they're they're essentially their their group, but I want to also talk a little about them as individuals because yeah. we know them a ton, you know, prior to you know obviously this record. Uh, Kareem Riggins pops played keys for Grant Green. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, so he came, he was, you know, obviously that's raised wild. in a jazz household, yeah. um, which, you know, makes all the sense when, when you listen to his music. And then Mad Lib, of course, I think we've both loved, I think the world oh, has loved, um, you know, really ever since he came out. But, you know, for those that don't know, you know, created Stone's Throw Records with, with Peanut Butter Wolf, has done work with, you know, Doom. It's so nasty that it's probably somewhat of a travesty having me. Then he told the people you can call me your majesty. Freddie Gibbs. You know, actually worked with Blue and Med or MED on the on a project in 2015. Get that whole car 
called Bad Neighbor. He's worked with a ton of people and also has his own kind of like Quasimodo records. Yeah, yesterday's new quintet. He stays making yeah. like really brilliant and outrageous records. And I think this record that we'll talk about, part of my French, um, you know, in some ways, you know, he's been a jazz head, of course, and, and you get that sense from him early in his career, but particularly in 2003 when he goes into the Blue Note vaults. Yeah, it's one and of my favorite does, albums of all time. Yo, yeah, but this remix record called Shades of Blue. I, that's, yeah. I love that record. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. It's, it's a classic. It's a classic. And uh, so, yeah, this is now an interesting sort of trajectory, right, of these guys who have straddled that line between, you know, hip-hop and jazz and really, in a way, are, I would consider, part of this moment we're seeing right now with people like Robert Glasper and Thundercat and, you know, who are really, like, pushing everything towards really just a new new black music that is just a blend of all of it you know that that there's a concerted camp of people a lot of them in la right now that are taking everything they've learned from the sampling era everything from every era for it and and just mixing it and pushing it forward to try to like break some new ground and uh and so this album really surprised me so uh pardon my french and, and together they're called the jahari masamba unit um and uh, I had no idea what to expect, and it was not at all what I was what I was expecting, you know, at all. If like if you hadn't have told me that these two guys were involved, I wouldn't have assumed it. Exactly. I, I think there is elements of it, especially the more groove oriented tracks, where you, I feel like you can really hear both of them on a little clearly. But I think that this is a kind of elevation for each of them. You know, Madlib talked about the record. You know, he said we would call the project spiritual jazz, but the jazz great Phil Ranelin told us to call it black classical music. Yeah. So we went with that. And Kareem Riggins said this is our hymn meditation. And so, yeah. you know, you know, for me, this record feels a lot like a kind of homage to Alice Coltrane and John Coltrane's also later, more spiritual, yep. freer jazz yep. records. Yep. There are grooves on this record. Like there, sure. are, like there, the, the track that I love that I think like is a real like kind of bop is that Riesling Poor Robert. For the most part, like this is not necessarily like easy listening jazz at all. This is like, you no. know, contemplative. You need to like sit and like go into yeah, this your is own. Art. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is an art album. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I, I think about um just just kind of in terms of genre or category or just it makes it I put this next to Dinner Party, the that amazing album from the supergroup Dinner Party with Glasper and Kamasi Washington. And and that album is much more, I think, much more sort of how do I want to say this? Like those songs are, are a little bit easier to consume somewhat uh, without, you know, not as a in taking anything away from the artistry. This this definitely feels like, you know, a, a much more exploratory, meditative kind of listening experience, but equally exciting. And again, just like, you know, I know a lot of contemporary musicians who we would call jazz musicians are actually rejecting that term jazz very yeah. much. And so, yeah, black classical music, new black music a lot of them would are kind of leaning towards a, a different kind of where they're starting to reject that sort of archaic you know idea of what jazz quote-unquote jazz is you know and of course they are because you know these are all 
folks who are reared in a hip hop tradition, really. You know, I mean, they might be formally trained in, you know, jazz and in a particular way, Kareem Riggins, uh, especially. But, you know, I think for the most part, these are folks who, you know, have the aesthetics and the penchant for blurring and ridding themselves of borders and boundaries, you know, in part because that is also a tradition of black classical music. And because I think that's also like sits at a a base understanding of what hip hop is. And, and, you know, it's, I think in its best sense of self, you know, in its most egalitarian notion in the cipher, it's about the eradication of those boundaries and borders and you know that you cannot really define it that genre becomes obsolete in some ways yeah i mean 100 percent. and just like you know hip-hop didn't call itself hip-hop you know rock and roll didn't call itself rock and roll jazz didn't call itself jazz you know these are all terms that that people from the outside or from the periphery slap onto these forms of music and so i'm excited i mean this album to me again again this year is monumental to me and you know, just it's exciting. I'm just excited to see like what comes after this or what comes next. You know, it, it's just been a tremendous. It's just been a very unpredictable. It was a very it's a very unpredictable project. And to me, this this album really feels like this year. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying right. just just well because it is it it is a moment to reflect. It yeah. is like. I, I think that is part of, I, I was just talking to our good homie, Angel Nafis, shout out, uh, mm, shout Angel out Nafis, Angel who just Nafis. had her 32nd born day. And so I, I called her on her birthday. We did some FaceTiming with the good homie and, and very fine poet. And, you know, you just, you realize that like we've been inside, you know, we've been mm-hmm. like, and I think if we've hopefully been doing it right, or if we've been taking a note, if like, if we want to get, you know, in some ways like meta and metaphysical about it. Like if, if this is a moment to take a breath, to step back, you know, to maybe reconceive of ways forward, then we're certainly going to need that contemplative practice. And and this feels like a record for the times in that regard, you know? No doubt, man. I think that's very well said. And um, in a great spot to shift gears uh, when we talk about anthems and theme music for a chaotic year. Uh, wow. First things first, yeah. we got to say, uh, this is the same old new school. I'm one of your hosts, Idris Goodwin. And I'm Kevin Cole. And we just chopped it up about the super group Jahari Masamba Unit, Mad Live, and Kareem Riggins' new project, Pardon My French. And we also discussed the album Miles by Blue and Exile. Kevin Koval. When you initially came to me and you said, yo, let's talk about this new Rico Nasty album, admittedly, I was like, hold on, let me Google Rico Nasty. And um, and so I was a little, I was, you know, I'm always open-minded. I'm always down for whatever. And then you said to me, yeah, man, it's it's like kind of a punk album. It's like a hip-hop album, but it's kind of a punk album. And I was like, oh, interesting. Okay, I'm into that. And then, uh, oh, sorry. And we should say the the name of this new album is Nightmare Vacation, which is a very punk rock title. So I'm like, okay, here we go. And I started listening, and the first the first song did not feel very punk to me. Neither did the second song. And I was like, Kevin Koval, you done you done lied to me. But then the third song came up. Which is, uh, is it Check Me Out? I'm the big bad wolf. Come around here, get your tank took. Damn, so bright, you can't not look. Like a MacBook Pro, y'all got one. I'm top dog, you was not one. Couldn't buy it last year, now I got one. And then I was like, okay, here we go. So I'm like, okay, so there's like kind of two of you. There's like, you're yes. one of these artists that has two lanes that you're in. 
And so I'm like, okay, so I'm I'm gonna see how many times the check me out Rico Nasty shows up. And uh so so then we were off. And so that after that moment, I was like, I'm so here for this unpredictable, crazy ride with this clearly brilliant person. Yeah, I'm glad first of all, I'm glad that you you stuck through, right, to kind of experience that. And I think you're right. I think that Rico Nasty's performance and this record specifically is paradoxical. I think that this record is almost like it represents maybe like a split personality Mm -hmm. Um, because there are like in some ways you can listen to a record. I could make a playlist of this record and it's, it's an R and B pop chart. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and then there is another record or another playlist you can make where, and and I I do kind of want to talk because I'm interested in this. Um, it is that it does feel like punk it, it you know or at least what i know of and remember of punk and obviously punk is is a genre too that is kind of you know not necessary is is maybe difficult to define and i think even people in the inside would certainly resist you know my definitions of it uh, rightfully so but I do think that this record, you know, at its strength for me in like her punk bag is, you know, that STFU song. Hang out through a delegacy. You said shots ain't none of them crazy. Too lazy. Can't none of you face me. Go crazy like a lunatic maybe. Go. Is a kind of anthem. It is a kind of um maybe an anarchy, you know, but an anarchy, like certainly for our times, like an anarchy that's like basically on like her Frank Sinatra, but like, you know, but Do super my pissed way. off. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it is. It is. Um, it is very well. First off, let me let me just back up. I I love that song STFU as well. Girl Scouts though is my jam. Nails done, hair done, everything did. I call you my son cause you acting like a kid. Ladies and ruin, I should go and get a bit. It's hard. So in a way, she kind of reminds me. She's like she's like Lady Gaga meets. Um, there's Minaj in there for sure. Um, there is, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the other. Oh, oh, it, she, it, the Beastie Boys. There is definitely yeah. like some wow. 80s nice. yes. Rick Rubin, early Beastie Boys vibe, especially songs like Smack a Beat. You know, Girl Scouts, like just real, like hard, hard, just hardness and like brashness and just kind of like um, in humor, like, you know, it's like kind of tongue in cheek, you know what I mean? And um, I just I love that, man. I mean, I, I just think the game needs a little bit of that. And, um, and she can like legit. She like legit has bars too. Like she can legit like write, you know? Yeah. Well, and that Girl Scout song, I think you see some of that writing and some of that humor, like show up to your door, like Girl Scout, like that, like that, that is, it's so funny. Yeah. And yeah, certainly, certainly tongue in cheek. I want to, I want to stay on the punk tip because I, I, you know, okay. Yeah. Um, So I, you know, I got to like, there is in the last 10 years in, in like what we would call, I think like the SoundCloud era of rap. I think like, you know, there have been those folks who have emerged, who are certainly participating in, playing in like a, a punk aesthetic. I think of Uzi. I've been texting her all night. She know I was going wrong. 
think of little pumps or um the, you know the uh you know the, the kid who passed oh a uh, juice world no well, although juice world yes juice world certainly but like that, that same like i'm going to put out music that is unmastered i don't care how it sounds it's mm -hmm. it's rebellious it's mm -hmm. very much from the perspective of the eye but it's also these anthems it you know it, in in some ways like there it it plays itself out I, I think one of the other notes and and i know this is not necessarily a popular thing to say but you know i, I think one of the notes that maybe rico nasty is observing is the the um prominence of takashi 69 You know, because it's like There's that same, that. Yeah. like, like this is not stadium music, but it's like yeah. festival mosh pit music. Yeah. And I think that same kind of like chanting, you know, drone chorus to like have people turn up is, is real, you know. Is, you know, it's a little yeah. bit of it too. Sorry. See, and now I remember my other ingredient. Yeah. I heard a, a wee bit of Takashi just in the vocal, in the vocal inflection she'll take on some like the more textured sandpapery kind of uh, vocal delivery. Uh, which which feels like if you listen to some uh, you know some punk I'm not I'm not as fluent enough with punk music but I know like some punk singers take on that same similar kind of like inflection like kind of high and gravelly like almost cartoonish but you know what it also reminds me of a little bit I got a little bit of Onyx yes nice yeah and Onyx even aesthetically right even in terms of their fashion were also like playing in a, a punk space, really. You know what I mean? And so this, I, I just, I think I'm like increasingly interested in like the, the crossovers between these communities in part because the, the explosion, you know, that happened downtown in New York in the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, and just all of the crossover between these communities. And you still, of course, see it today. I mean, I, I think the other group, um, I was also thinking of Little Peep earlier. Oh yeah, um, you know, yeah, um, you know, who passed obviously, but um, I also think I think a lot in this terrain. I think of all the work that that Tyler and Earl uh, and Odd Future have done, coming in and not giving an F and letting like saying intentionally outrageous things, yeah. maybe to garner attention, but also because maybe they really just didn't give an F, you know, and just like a mix of, you know, so many different styles, uh, but something that, that, you know, transformed into something also completely original. And I, and I think I'm getting this from Rico Nasty. You know, you could see some of the, some of the ingredients, but I also feel like, you know, th this is a unique voice in some ways too. And I just, I'm, yeah. you know, not every song on this record's for me and maybe no. the record is not for me, but I think it's not only worth a listen, but I think there's something in here that is, is pretty profound. Oh, def I mean, check me out and Girl Scouts definitely made it on the, uh, my, my, my 2020 is an animal, uh, mixtape. Definitely going to be burning some calories on the, uh, on the elliptical uh, to, to some of these joints. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, but I just think this is a real artist. This is a real creative. I mean, there's real creativity. There's real imagination. There's real, there's something to say. There's a whole lot of attitude. And it's like, what, what more do you ask for? You know, what more do you ask for? But yeah, I'm curious to hear more albums. Uh, what comes next? You know, I, me, myself, like I say, I, I just, I really like more of the sort of like 
kind of Beastie Boys-esque kind of like tear up the club, you know, like crunk, you know, sort of like whatever we want to call it, you know, uh, textured. I'll say textured, more of the textured stuff uh, uh, I, I liked. And more of not the, sort the R&B of, records. Not the like, yeah, like the trippy red song. I just, I'm like, what? Yeah. I don't like, I just, can we stop with the, can we stop with the auto-tune rapping? Can we just stop, you know? And um, that whole sound, I'm like, because that's what it's like, oh, you're trying to do a thing. I'm like, anyone could do these songs. Anybody could do these songs. Mm. No, but not everybody can do Smack a Bee. Not everybody can do Girl Scouts. Not everybody can do, you know, like, those are the ones that, that are so, I'm like, oh, this is who you are, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Word, man. Yeah, no, well, I'm, look, I'm glad you, uh, honestly, like, I'm, I'm glad, because, like, when I first brought it up, I was like, yo, was, I don't even know if it's going to. Maybe he's gonna kick me off the show. You know, I, you know what I mean. No, I'm sorry. I'll listen to anything. I'll listen. No, I know. To me anything. too. Of course. Yeah. And I think I actually think I have a vinyl. I was in Vinyl of the Month Club for a while, and I actually think I have a record bar that I've just never listened to because I'm like Rico nasty. Why? Why they sending me this? You know. And I just, <laughs> now I'm gonna go back and listen to it. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna uh, dig it out. So anyway, but thanks, brother. This is why. This is what we do on the show. We we venture into new terrains because you know. We should all be thirsty, hungry, curious listeners. And you yes, never sir. know. You never know what you're going to find. So this this is uh, the great upside. This is why we're here. This is what we're here to do. Facts, facts. Well, it's always good to chop it up with you, man. I want to say, uh, you know, shout out to Vocalo Radio. Shout out to the super producer, Justin Mayer. All the uh, inclusion of sound are, you know, Justin's hands making us sound even better and better, giving you a sense of even what we're talking about if you don't know um thank you for tuning in and and also you know make sure you can you can listen to this as a podcast and you can listen to it on the radio 91.1 fm uh, on saturdays but you could also listen anywhere you listen to podcasts and also idris that can be in tune with us on ig that's right you just go to uh, at same old new school very easy straightforward as always we are here for you uh and keep rocking with us appreciate you at vocal radio all day and we out.